Welcome to the 20th episode of the NL Feast podcast. My name is Sam Clark, and with me as always, the guitar pick to my guitar, Brandon Gross. See, my question for you is why you didn't take my suggestion that I offered. <laughs> wait, wait, what was your suggestion? <laughs> I said the lava to my lamp because you oh. have something behind you. That uh, is that a lava lamp behind you? That is a lava lamp. What do you think yeah. of it? It's nice. It's like a, a nice little pink, huh? It's a nice little pink. Is it how uh, does it, it has the lava floating in it? Oh yeah. Oh, it's got the lava floating okay, in it. Don't you I wasn't worry. sure. It could just be like a phony one, a Spencer's Gifts phony one. I'm not sure. You know. No, Whoa. it's the real deal. It's my the work real email's deal. going off. You hear that? Oh my god. No, that? no, no, no. Are you okay? You need to jump? No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. It was just a normal work email. I think. He's a working man. Working man. Is that a real <laughs> song? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. It is now though. I did say like three weeks ago that I was going to start singing on the podcast more. So I feel like this is my. You're foray into my, that. Yeah, exactly. What's exactly. that song? You know what that was? It was a real song. It was that song that goes, he's a classic man. <laughs> what, you he's know a dum bum Yeah, that's, I just stole the melody and made it Working Man. Also, there is a Rush song called Working Man, right? Yeah, Call Me the Working Man. Yeah. yeah. Call me the working man. I don't know you're a Rush head. Uh, I'm I'm like a, I was a Guitar Hero rock band head, so I feel like uh, those are those are very adjacent because of how many Rush songs are uh, were on both of those mm-hmm. video games. That that, uh, the, that Rush <laughs> album has like the coolest logo though. Not I don't it, like the album at all. I don't really like Rush that much. I you're appreciate anti Rush. I'm not anti Rush whatsoever. I mean, I appreciate them. Like his high voice, great drumming, yeah. weird lyrics, oh. uh, great guitar playing. You know, they're very talented musicians. I'm not a huge fan. But the album cover that has that song on, I think it's like their first one. It has a very yeah. cool, like, like pink Rush logo, and it has like, you yeah. know, what I'm talking about. Have you seen this? The white on the red, white on the red, or it's like pink. Is that what right? it is? Isn't it? it like sort of pink? I don't know. I just googled it because I didn't know what you were talking about, and I saw red. So maybe my <laughs> maybe my eyes have betrayed me. You but just I typed don't know. in Rush and whatever the first album cover <laughs> that came up was. You you talked about. Um, yes, that's kind of exactly exactly what was going on. Brandon, uh, how's guitar lessons going? Speaking of guitar. Oh, uh, it's going well. I've been working on, uh, uh, speaking of another an- another classic classic rock band, uh, I've been working on an ACDC song. Wow. Still, okay. The solo's hard, dude. I appreciate ACDC because that solo's hard. What song? What song? Oh, it's uh, You Shook Me All Night Long. You. <laughs> I'm singing more, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why that's, you asked me. You, that, that yeah, was a, I was like, you asked <clears> me that <throat> only to sing the song I'm learning. <clears throat> um, that's a great song, though. I kind of ACDC is like guilty pleasure music for me. Like, I know that they're like cheese ball, cheese heads, and uh, but I kind of like a little Angus Young, a little uh, Gibson SG. You know what I'm yeah. saying, Brandon? Yeah, I've got the cheap version of that guitar, actually. At the oh, epi- do you really? Epiphone the, the Epiphone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice, dude. Nice. Those are uh, those are fun guitars. I've always wanted to get a, get like a Gibson. I've never played Gibson. I've been Fender my entire life. Fender boy. Yeah, I mean, Fender is... Uh, I feel like that's more in your pop punk scene would be Fender, right? You wouldn't yes. see people sporting Gibsons too often. Though you'd be surprised. All of, I mean, Hawthorne Heights, famously, uh, SG guys. Telecasters, famously. though... <laughs> Telecasters <laughs> were definitely more of like the pop punk guitar, and yeah. also I the music that I transitioned from, which was more like indie garage rock kind of stuff, was also very Telecaster heavy. Uh-huh. So just kind of keeping with the Fender brand was very consistent and easy for me. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. I mean, I when I get a little bit better, I feel like I have to justify for myself. I want to get. Uh, I have a Fender acoustic, but I want to get like a nice. a cool like Fender Jaguar, Fender yeah. Mustang, get a Jazz Master. Jazz Master, those are cool. Yeah, they're dude, expensive, guitar though, right? Yeah, the thing is about all of those like cool bodied guitars, like those those Fender guitars, like the thousand output switches and everything, is that they're like a, like starting entry level, like eleven $1, hundred, uh-huh. $1, twelve hundred dollars. So, uh-huh. 
Oh, Brandon, this is a guitar podcast, or is this? I was about to to say this is a guitar podcast now, Brandon. We've never listened to to baseball. Guitar Center podcast with Brandon and Sam. Um, (laughs) Can you imagine a fucking Guitar Center podcast? (laughs) We actually have James Hetfield on uh, from Metallica today, so super excited. Why is every host of this podcast named Dale? (laughs) Dick Dale, guitar legend, Dale Dale. Hey, this oh. is the Dale and Dale Guitar Center podcast. We actually have uh, the guitarist for Hawthorne Heights, uh, Dale Dale, wow. on. No way, no way. Hawthorne Heights a tragic figure, Brandon. Do you know that their uh, their bass player passed away from like substance abuse and uh, like ten years ago? Why are you bringing me down, dude? <laughs> I, know, I didn't mean to bring you down. Listen, I'm just a man of information, okay, Brandon. You asked. Well, you didn't really ask, but I'm delivering regardless. <laughs> I thought you needed it a little bit. Um, but it's been a weird week in baseball, Brandon. I mean, I, I mean, well, you know how the podcast goes. I got to tease what's coming up. I'm not. I'm not doing that yet. I'm just kind of picking your brain, seeing how you uh, emotionally adjusted to the last week. Yeah, you always break that. You're always breaking the fourth. It's a breaking the fourth wall. I don't know if you're breaking the fourth wall. You're I think always, I'm breaking uh, form. I'm breaking form. Brandon. You're breaking form because you're casual. You're cool. You're like, yeah, Listen. there's a format, but I'm going to acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Ferris Bueller. You know what I mean? I'm just like talking straight to the camera right now. The audience loves it, Brandon. All 27 listeners from last pod. week. <laughs> they do love a Bueller pod. Um, but you must be sad, my friend. It's been like shot and fart for me because as a Marlins fan, obviously our season felt like it ended uh two weeks ago three weeks ago but um yeah i mean the red sox also the the red sox have been doing really poorly you're right (laughs) i Uh, forgot where the red sox were doing really well but now they're not doing as well so uh yeah ale feast ale feast uh yeah no it's uh what the fuck dude like yeah but you know what okay honestly uh i know we're i know you know we're gonna we're gonna get into we're it. gonna get into it. We're gonna get. But into all I'm gonna it. say off the top is, I can't say I'm that surprised because if you watch the Mets day to day, the games they won were always like five to four. Like their offense yeah. rarely, if ever, totally clicked. I mean, they have a whole team of underperforming players right now, and it's been like that all season. And the month that they kind of staked their ground in first place was the uh, the Billy McKinney. Khalil Lee, Cameron Mabin, yes. Jonah Shway Fargus uh, yes. month of May when they had all these scrappy players that were just like winning ball games for the Mets. Like that was so, their best month. Was not when not when when Nimmo was on the IL, when Conforto was on the IL. Uh, that was the month that that and McNeil. Like that was the month that the Mets were like you know running away, quote unquote, with the division. Uh, but I mean, their their star players. Quote unquote 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 unquote. Okay. They uh they, they've underperformed. I mean, aside from like McCann hitting um career norms and like even though Pete had a dreadful series in Philadelphia, like and Pete also having uh career norms, like the the offense has been bad. Everyone's underperformed. So. I know. And then also you just uh, it seems like you and I could play shortstop for the Mets right now. <laughs> It's just been absolutely decimated with injury. Javi Baez not even managing to run to first base the other day. That was sad to see. You don't like seeing that. Oh, with his little his, his little hip, hip injury. Yeah. Was there any updates on that? I haven't heard anything. I don't know. I mean, they're off today. Thank God. So, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I guess tomorrow we'll find out more. But uh, but the thing is, like, everyone's blaming on the yeah. injuries, but not really. I mean, they have, yes, the, their two best play pitch, the best pitcher in Degrom and their supposed best offensive player Lindor are out so like that would normally sink a team but it's like everyone else is there yeah they're all there yeah 
the whole team's there. So it's like, I mean, th- I think this is just the reality of it. And uh, all yeah, right, Brandon. Well, let, let's just yeah. we we gave a little tease as to where your emotionally was emotional like headspace was at. So I I, I feel bad just kind of stabbing you right out the get go. We're not even ten minutes in, and I'm like, hey, so Brandon, <laughs> what's the matter? <laughs> um, and I and listen, I don't want you to I don't want you to be sad, but I do get a little uh, a little uh, joy out of watching Mets fans, not specifically you, Brandon, but just any Mets fan. Also, the like the reputation of the Mets is lol Mets, right? It's like that. It's a self-deprecating franchise that is like making fun of themselves and kind of ex- anticipating the worst. Um, and while you have exhibited that sometimes, I have other friends who are Mets fans that were seeming optimistic. And uh, and I think the optimism of being a Mets fan, it's it's moments like this when you realize uh, that, that maybe optimism is not the best route to go as a Mets fan. Yeah, I think that's funny. That's kind of with age because I know you have some friends that moved to New York and adopted the Mets for some yes. disturbed reason. I'm <laughs> um, not really sure what that was about. But uh, uh, I think it's like with age because like my dad was like, when the Mets were in first, he was like, they're going to be in third place. Yeah. He's like, the Phillies, like my dad predicted this. Really? He, because of his years of fandom. Oh, my God. He was God. like, the Mets are going to get swept. Yeah, I swear to God, he said, the Mets are going to get swept in Philadelphia. They're going to be in third place. The Braves are going to leapfrog them as well. Mm. All true as of today, August ninth yeah um so i mean obviously it's very close and also it does have to do with perspective because if you told all the mets fans hey on august 9th the mets are gonna be two and a half games out of first place i think we'd all be like oh that's pretty good okay yeah we're not upset probably about the it. braves are probably in first like we're probably like, oh okay <laughs> yeah. you know if you told us if you told us at the beginning of the season i think all of us would be happy but it's just it had it still has the feelings of the last regime because like you said the lol mets was supposed to be done with under the Steve Cohen era. Well, listen, uh, the Steve Cohen era is being uh, spearheaded by uh, owner meetings before games and uh, some of the funniest tweets that I've read in a long time. It's just, you got to get out of your own way. I feel like when you put yourself out in the public like that, when you're like giving uh, other fan bases the opportunity to make fun of you, like, don't do that, man. What do you like? Don't contribute to the reputation that this team has already developed by by putting yourself uh, in a vulnerable position on social media where everything is forever and everybody will make fun of you if you say something stupid. Then if you tell everybody you're walking into a locker or walking into a clubhouse and telling player and like giving like a, a hoorah speech from a billionaire, like those are not, they, they do not want to listen to you, my friend. Oh my god, I can't imagine like a. Well, I don't know. I I think that was misconstrued though because I don't think he actually did do that. I think he said, "Hey, I check. I came in there. I think he just like." shook some hands and talked to some people. I don't think it was actually like a hoorah speech as far as I heard, but I don't know. No Rudy not style defe- speech? Not defending Steve Cohen, but I do think that his presence on Twitter was welcomed because the prior regime of the Mets ownership was so secretive and and basically was were burying stories. And you can never get a straight answer out of them. So I think that was a whole move for transparency. Obviously, being a guy, you know, a, a guy in his late sixties going on Twitter for the first time, it's not going to end well. <laughs> That's true. You know, it's not going to end well. So, I think it was done with the best intentions. Not defending Steve Cohen at all because uh, there's plenty of things to poke fun at him about. He's still a, a billionaire uh, sports owner, but um, but yeah, I, I don't. Know. I think he his Twitter presence is done with the best intention. But if anyone should be getting grief right now, it should be the Mets players and. <laughs> their coaching staff yeah so i know people were calling for luis's head this last week it seems like he was the he's on the 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 chopping block yeah i mean i think that's probably premature too but so i actually pulled the stat um uh 
this guy called Mets Metrics on Twitter at Mets Metrics followed. He does some great uh, stats that he pulls. Um, so uh, in 2020, last season, the Mets had the highest isolated power uh, ISO um, in the entire league against pitchers that were 97 plus mile per hour, and they had a 254 batting average, highest highest in in the league all the the COVID season. Um, this season, the Mets have the lowest isolated power against pitchers. Um, that throw 97 miles per hour plus and have a .038 batting average. That's not good, Brandon. Listen. So, okay. So if you think about the changes between between last year and this year was uh, a couple of different things. So they obviously added James McCann, Francisco Lindor. Um, aside from that, it's pretty much the same core of starters. They obviously have the bench mob of VR, uh, Pilar, um, that crew. Um, but what did change, and I hate blaming the hitting coach, but the Mets had old school guy, Chili Davis as their hitting coach. Listen, and they fired him infamously in <laughs> May, I think this year. Uh, and, and the pod, it loves Chili Davis. Just name alone before we, even before Do I you least, remember the origin. I was going to say at least, uh, <laughs> we talked about it. I remember, it. I remember our remember? conversation about Chili Davis, uh, but it was probably what, three months ago. That might be, this is episode 20, Brandon. We've, uh, we're long past the Chili Davis days. Okay. <laughs> Give us a little refresher though. For, for, for those so of yeah, us so Chili remember. Davis, the story of his name, um, was apparently his dad used to give him a bowl cut, and when he'd go to school, they would say, "Hey, your hair looks like it was cut in a chili bowl," <laughs> <laughs> and that's Chili Davis. There you go. Hey, listen, that's um, a, that's a well earned nickname. All right, all of the abuse as a child, you can turn it into a fun name. I like that. <laughs> but yeah, so they uh, they obviously let him go in May when the Mets are struggling offensively. But he's very popular in the clubhouse. Um, and they brought in, you know, some newer school guys and Hugh Quattlebaum and Kevin Howard, I believe, <laughs> is the assistant hitting coach. Um, and I don't know. I don't want to blame them, but I wonder if, like, a changing of approach mid-season or, or during a season can have an adverse uh, mental effect on, on players because it's a mental game to hit a baseball, you know? Yeah, dude, that makes um, a lot so of I sense. So I wonder if, like, they it just has sort of compiled and, like, looking at not to be like the analytics are ruining the game you know i don't like that at all <laughs> but i do wonder if there is something to like the mental game of like adjusting to adjusting philosophies mid-season and not having the full spring training or off-season to do so i think there's yeah i think there's a lot of truth to that um we should probably give the audience a little bit of a recap uh before we before we continue to go on this mets uh mets tirade yeah. But Brandon, the Braves won the series against the depleted Nationals. The Marlins got swept by the Rockies, as of course they do. Once they beat the Mets, they get swept by the Rockies. <laughs> That's the only thing that makes sense in the world. We'll get to our DeGrom of the Week, our 60-second stories, Feaster Famine, upcoming series, and feature future fans. But Brandon, like we were talking about already, and for a little bit of backstory for those who may have missed it this week, the Phillies swept the Mets after the Mets already got beat by a depleted, uh, a downtrodden Marlins team. And kind of had their entire season turned around in seven days, which is uh, not easy to do in baseball. But it seems that the Mets have the ability to do that when they want to. And this was one of the times that they wanted to. Like you're saying, the Mets offense has, has been pretty cold. And we had some we had some injuries. Baez left Sunday. Um, and as you were talking about the isolated power stuff. But the, I think we also have to use this as an opportunity to talk good about the Phillies. As much as the Mets blew. Um, yeah. One of the one of the, the the series that they needed to win the most. The Phillies also have won eight straight, I think, as of Monday today, yep. um, mm-hmm. and have just been on like the hottest streak in all of baseball right now. 
Yeah, well, a couple things. Uh, you said seven days. Do you think the Mets watched the ring video? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. Oh, my God. In seven days. Who is like, it? Oh, my God. Pete Alonso's like, hey, guys, I got this DVD I found <laughs> on the street. <laughs> and it's Syndergaard with his long hair <laughs> going over his yeah, face. Yeah, crawling on the TV. Oh, my God. Um, uh, nice ring reference. Y- Listen, it's not a it's not an NL Feast episode unless we're making references to, uh, to something, the from, ring. Or something from like the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Philly's eight in a row. Zach Wheeler absolutely dealing. Bryce Harper really coming to his own. I mean, I, I was reading something today that said the Phillies could theoretically win the NL East, get us, get the Cy Young winner, have the MVP as well in the National League with Harper, Wheeler. I don't want to say yeah. we were the first ones on this, Brandon, but last week we were talking about Harper as a sleeper MVP. Yeah, candidate that and was how, you. Yeah, yeah. How he was just like kind of blowing up all stats. Um, and then the, the, it started rumbling a little bit around, uh, around these parts that maybe Harper is a, is a sleeper. Also there, Max Muncy's getting a lot of attention. I don't know if you've been seeing that at all. Um, mm-hmm. Muncy's been getting a lot of love for the award too, but yeah, that's a great point. I mean, Wheeler's gotta be the favorite for the, the Cy Young unless what, yeah, what? he's thrown the most innings of, of, uh, of any player in the national league. I know, um, right now he, he retired 22 consecutive batters. This is my favorite stat. He retired 22 consecutive batters in, uh, Sunday's victory over the Mets. Um, and, and the last person to do that was Roy Halladay's perfect game on May 29, 2010. And? Ironically, they were retiring the late Roy Halladay's number on uh, Sunday's game. So that's a nice little, you know, baseball feel-good story, right? That's great. Yeah, I saw that and I was just like, man, baseball does weird. Like, how, there's some weird, like, fun, stuff, historical coincidences that happen in a sport this old. And this is a great, that's a great version of it. Um, what was the most disappointing game you thought from a Mets perspective uh, over this series with the Phillies? I know I, we didn't, I just kind of teeing you up here. I didn't, we didn't write yeah, this down no. or give you an opportunity to um, think about it, but I don't for, know. From a Mets, so from a Phillies perspective, I think the most satisfying one was the wheel run. Yeah. Because not only did he throw a complete game shutout, which you'd never see. And the only two hits he gave up, by the way, were Brandon Nimmo, which is... Our boy, first inning, man, first inning, ninth inning, the man who runs um, to first, <laughs> point walks. to the sky, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So I think the most satisfying one for the Phillies uh, POV had to be the sweep because of also Wheeler's doing it against his old team that kind of threw him away, right? Yeah. So I mean, I think that was satisfying for Zach, satisfying for the Phillies fans, and incredible to celebrate it on on the holiday uh, number retire day. Um, from a Mets perspective the most disappointing one <laughs> all three but no i think the i think game two uh i i didn't watch the wheeler one and i think i heard a lot of mets fans say that yeah they're like we need a break from it yeah please but uh game two because i don't know if you saw that one but mets were losing five nothing going to the ninth um a young pitcher i can't remember his name came in uh uh in the ninth but he gave up back to back to back home runs to the mets that's insane. Conforto, VR, McCann, back-to-back-to-back home runs. And then Pilar hit a single. Uh, they brought in Ian Kennedy, their new closer they acquired from the Rangers. The Rangers. Yeah. Um, and then it was just pop-up, strikeout on three pitches for Pete. Because for some reason, the Mets cannot hit, as we established, a fastball, especially up in the zone. <laughs> yes. Like three pitches in a row to Pete. And uh, I think uh, uh, J.D. Davis got four pitches up in the zone and he struck out too that's insane so they ended up losing but i think that was the most disappointing because you're like are they back is this gonna do some mets magic here yeah and then just but, to uh, have the the carpet ripped so. out from under you yeah that's it was brutal. not so that's brutal. um also like but yeah i mean you, sorry no i was just gonna say you got to give props to the phillies i mean they it's funny larry boa their old manager and player predicted remember he was like the phillies gonna come they're gonna come hard yeah. remember he tweeted oh that <laughs> yeah that's what he said though i mean he said something like that but um and he was right 
They did. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so funny. I uh, what was I gonna say? I think that like as a Phillies fan too, it's not just been us who have been discounting them because we've kind of we kind of wrote them off from the beginning in our but in our pre uh, preseason previews preseason previews that sounds a mouthful mm-hmm. <laughs> in our preseason previews. Um, we were just like, what's going on with them? We don't know about their defense. We don't know about their offense. Like, there's just there's holes missing. They have the pitching, but if they don't improve their bullpen, if they don't get those like end of the rotation starters, and like, what's it all for? And it seems like everything's kind of working itself out right now. And they came out a little yeah. slow and they came out like they were disappointing a little bit. But I thought it was interesting that they went for it at the trade deadline a little bit, getting Kyle Gibson and uh, Ian Kennedy yeah. from the Rangers. And like those are good major league pieces. And Freddie Galvis to help their defensive woes. Yeah. Yeah. And those are like good pieces that you need on a championship team like that. Like, yeah, if they end up in a wild card position or they need to do those one off games like they have Wheeler. So great. That's fun. But then they also need like those. They need to be around for those five game, seven game series, too. Um, so yeah, just thought that was interesting. Cause I remember seeing them make moves at the deadline and just thinking to myself like, okay, I, I guess they think they can go for it. And then ever since the deadline, they've been really kind of like chipping away yeah. at the Mets, at the Mets leading the division and also just straight up catching up. It's, is this the most div- like division standings mix up that we've had in one week of our podcast? Oh yeah. I mean, be, right? the Met, yeah. I mean, since April when like, you're not really watching the standings, yeah. I mean, the Mets have been in first since May 7th. That's insane. And then almost immediately, I mean, after, uh, kind of after the all-star break, but like, you know, really after the train deadline, like Mets started tanking hard, Braves and Phillies just turned it on. And I mean, the Braves made some nice moves too. I know we're going to hit on that, but, uh, but yeah, I mean the Phillies, the thing with them, like from watching the first two games, their defense is still very shoddy, especially Alec. I know that's so disappointing because watching him, I'm like, what is that guy doing, man? Like he could like single handedly, like tank, (laughs) tank an inning easily. Yeah. And I think he had two errors in game one, uh, uh, of the series. And, uh, yeah, I mean, still their defense is just like very questionable. And I, and I know Freddie Galvis will probably, you know, play a part in improving that. Um, but I mean, they hit bombs, man. I mean, Brad Miller stepped up huge, yeah. huge clutch home runs for them. I don't know if you saw that. He, I think he hit. Uh, um, I can't remember what the stat was. I think like he hit two uh, uh, pinch hit walk offs in like two days in a row. That's insane. When is that? That, that kind yeah. of stuff. That was like Pablo Sandoval at the beginning of the year. Remember when? He, anytime yeah. he would come in, he would just like go yard and and put the Braves in a winning position. Yeah, this Phillies team is something to keep an eye on for sure over the next couple of weeks. And I mean, I. I, we will get to the upcoming series here in a second, um, but they don't have an easy easy week. They play the Dodgers in the Reds. Um, yeah, I mean this is their biggest test. Yes, and I mean then the Mets though have have an opportunity to play this like bad Nationals team. This Nationals team, that yeah, and they've given up played the like the the Marlins. Obviously, I know they had a, a rough weekend, but the Marlins have like you know they played competitively against the Mets. I mean since they traded away some of their their pieces but like the nationals have a look like they traded trey turner yeah. and max scherzer yes like, absolutely they look terrible and trey turner's already doing stuff for the dodgers did you see that like a little bloop single in yeah. between shortstop and left field and he scored from first on it just like hauling yeah ass. i mean i wonder if this man's gonna become a superstar now for the for the dodgers i saw i saw a sad tweet it. from a nationals fan that was like uh, oh no the rest of the world's going to know what we've been knowing like, what we've known yeah this entire time. i saw that <laughs> i was like yeah kind of because he's i mean you and i always talked about this like besides tatis he was our favorite shortstop in the entire national league like constantly performing well i think we called him the best shortstop in the national league once we forgot that fernando tatis existed yeah. for a second but uh um, <laughs> hey well currently i mean with tatis down i mean then it's not is. even up for debate right actually the dodgers have the two best shortstops in the national league <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> 
Oh, oh my god it's not fair that Dodgers fans exist like as a Marlins fan who's just suffered silent I mean not silently but who's suffered for the last very uh, vocally very vocally <laughs> um just to see someone come in and like they just get better the Death Star got improved like what do you want and, and yeah and like uh Miranda's a, a fake Dodgers fan she enjoys like following them and just kind of rooting for them in playoffs and is like a the most casual baseball fan but it's just like you don't even know who you're rooting for these are the bad yeah. guys so not the people you want to be rooting for so I've been I don't know if I told you this I, or if I brought it up on the podcast but I've tried to sway her back to the Florida Mar- or the Miami Marlins oh my god um by buying her merchandise <laughs> <laughs> and hoping that uh, the key to any woman's art <laughs> merchandise ah marlin's merchandise the most romantic <laughs> gift you can get in the entire that would world be a fu- that would be a funny advertisement that marlin's the marlin's do like a funny marketing ploy they're like <laughs> it's valentine's day what does honey want a brian anderson jersey <laughs> <laughs> yeah my miranda likes brian anderson though because she thinks he's a little hunky so maybe he's, that, a, he's hunky he's yeah, a little yeah. hunky for sure he just suffers from like the basic white guy name like brian anderson is just one of Caleb Smith truly yeah. just blending into the background of all of baseball. Yeah. Though he's also been kind of having a rough season, honestly. He's looking a little uh, a little lost at the plate. But yeah, dude, what a what a weekend for the NL East. It was a lot of fun, and, it, and that's not even taking into account the Braves uh, beating up on the Nationals. And like, if the Nationals are just going to be the team that everybody picks on a little bit, this the schedule mm-hmm. and the way who plays who when in the division is going that, to like be very that's influential. That's the thing, man. That's so. Um, I saw. A set that was like the Mets are like uh, I can't remember the number, but they have a terrible record against the Marlins and Nationals so far this year, and they're like eight and eight versus the Phillies, and it's like, well, how do they play five hundred against yeah. them? But they're like tanking, so that's what it is. I mean, you have to beat up on the weaker links in the division. I mean, that's plain and simple. It's like that's how you're going to win, especially. I mean, what, this last week, what made it interesting was you still have three teams, despite the Mets' struggles, vying for, like, actually vying for the. The division truly it makes it interesting yeah. i mean it's sort it's sort of like you know the like the fattest skinniest kid because they're all bad teams <laughs> yeah, but like you know what i mean but they're all not great teams but i think it'll be an interesting like battle to who gets 85 wins i remember when i said a few weeks ago i was like i wonder who's gonna get 85 wins I know, in the division i think that might actually happen it now. truly is weird because also the reputation of this division going into the season was that everybody could compete the Nationals had Scherzer. The Nationals had Strasburger. The Marlins, Strasburg's not Strasburger. Though, Strasburger. you know, there's Wahlburgers. Strasburg. There's Wahlburgers. Uh-huh. Maybe we could get Strasburgers out there. Dude, okay, once again, I know we've pitched uh, the <laughs> Greek freak restaurant yes. for the Milwaukee Bucks for Giannis, but, like, Strasburgers? That Does has that exist, to exist in Nationals right. Park? It has to. I haven't been to Nationals Park in, like, probably eight years, but I... I and I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't looking for Strasburgers, which is honestly on me. Um, but it's got it. Listen, we'll, we'll, we'll contact our people. Our, our people will contact the Nationals people. Um, yeah. and, and we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Imagine if we could turn this podcast into us just pitching pun-based food <laughs> ideas it's, it's, to all 30 Major League Baseball teams. Just the worst episode of Shark Tank of all time. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to try, try to think of one really quickly. Okay. So, all right. Uh, what, give me a team. Give me a I'm going to give you a team. Uh, Phillies. We've been talking about the Phillies. Okay. Let's do Phillies. So I'm going to say oh uh the zach pinwheels and then you do like the little yeah, turkey and cheese that's pinwheels. pretty good that's pretty good go. um uh the reese's hoskins so maybe reese's I, hoskins is a little, uh, maybe like a sort of like a dairy queen blizzard yes um reese's hoskins gosh what else could we do uh um, there's a jt real muto one i just don't know what it is like we could definitely work with that uh yeah jail uh that's that's hard actually um <laughs> just, just tacos yes JT, there we go ju- just tacos. jt's just tacos <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to eat it? Just tacos. 
Uh, Miranda and I went out to a Mexican restaurant last weekend. We did like a little date night, and we went to a, mm-hmm. or date day, I guess. We went to the uh, the Brooklyn Museum and had some had some uh, uh, Mexican uh, food before we left. And it was the weirdest like lineup of restaurants because it was a Mexican restaurant, and then truly directly across the street, another competing Mexican restaurant. And I was like, someone should have planned this better. <laughs> this isn't, you're just pulling away from each other as opposed to both as opposed to both succeeding. So I don't know what was going on with that. That's very funny. Actually, I had a similar experience this past weekend. I went. Uh, I visited my friend. Uh, to work on something from the pilot that we shot in May and I went to his area and he was like you know what's really weird there's like five Indian restaurants that just like opened all next to each other that's so funny Brandon you and I have Indian restaurants in our blood you and I like one of our first first bonding activities was going out to eat to an Indian restaurant together remember that that's right and I don't even think we talked about baseball either. That, uh, yeah, we probably didn't because we like knew of each other before I moved to L.A. Because Miranda worked with you and I, yeah. and we were just like from the same uh, college improv team. I, I was like, "What's your favorite color?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "So have you heard of a uh, Rush?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, and we're like, "Call me the working man." <laughs> I don't know that oh song man, goes. simpler times, Brandon. Simpler times. That's simpler that, times. That restaurant was great, though. We also uh, lol merch. I always go to lol merch. That's what I'm saying. We also had a. A, a fun little activity. I, I felt like we got too into baseball, so I had to reel us back in a little bit and talk about a, a bit of nonsense. But we had this great month activity, monthly activity where the friend group, one person would pick out a restaurant that we would all go try it. Um, food friends. Food friends. And it was just like a great opportunity to just go get food that you would normally not have. Um, yeah, a, that died when Sam left. That, you know, <laughs> Sam's the glue. I uh, can't believe that's true, but I'll, but I'll take the compliment, Brandon. That's very nice of you. So wait, Food Friends is over? Nobody's going with Food Friends anymore? Oh, I don't know. Everything's over. Life's oh, over. that's true. Yeah. I forgot COVID. Hard to do Food Friends during COVID. Can't... Anyway, the Braves. <laughs> uh... <laughs> All right, give me some Brave stuff. I just felt like we were getting a little too baseball heavy. Listen, the people. No, no, no. I'm I'm with you there. Um, You're like, listen, I hate talking about baseball. I don't know what we're yeah, thinking. Yeah, I do this week. I do this week. That's for sure. I know. Were you worried? Um, were you worried about getting on the pod because you thought I was going to uh, mm-hmm. like berate you a little bit? If you were a Phillies fan, I would have been more upset. Yeah, nothing to worry about over here, though. Just a Marlins fan. Yeah, I mean, although it's funny, but like the first half of the week was the Marlins winning three or four against the Mets. Not just—I so. mean, we'll get into it, but there was the Lewis Brinson Isan Diaz show, dude. It was the weirdest Marlins team that could go off. And I think Isan Diaz hit like one home run. Like, don't get crazy. Listen, that's great. He was bad. <laughs> he was truly batting like one forty in the middle of yeah, the season. Like any that's anything true. out of him offensively is a uh, is impressive to any Marlins fan. Out there. That's another advertisement right there. It's like, hey, is your team struggling? The Mets. <laughs> <laughs> just They're coming to town. Just play the Mets. Um. It was also at home, though, and like we, we don't normally have great home and away splits, but we, we do have an advantage at home, and we kind of took advantage of that with y'all as well. But that You know what's funny? I've been to that ballpark many times, but watching it on TV, I forget how it's like three football fields in the outfield. <laughs> it's truly just a fucking... Doesn't it seem... Like, uh, like when I'm there, I don't remember thinking that, but when you see it, on, for some reason, when you watch it on TV, it looks like there's eight football fields it's in the outfield. the largest outfield right? in the world. Is that what you mean? I wonder... Do you think that... Um, both a do you think the Marlins think about that when they build their roster that they try to find players to go gap to gap and b do you think that's a strategy when player when teams are visiting the Marlins oh that's interesting did they I know that they were like that I think players were upset at how difficult it was to hit home runs and so they and moved the they moved the fences in I think twice now since the Marlins stadium has been made yeah um, same thing they did at City Field too when it comes to offensive uh, team building though I don't think the Marlins are putting much thought into it based on what I've seen on <laughs> yeah. the field though I think they're just throwing out anybody that they got from a from one of the big three trades and uh, hoping that it works yeah. out it feels like right now man and also we got yeah. jazz going on the IL it sounds 
like with flu-like symptoms and whenever you hear that and over the last two years you're just immediately thinking the worst so um yeah also who was it that got removed jorge alfaro got removed because of shortness of breath in colorado this last week too just oh because the altitude yeah because the altitude but you see shortness of breath and like that's been beaten into my brain that that's a symptom of covid and i just like couldn't yeah do you ever like uh, uh find yourself in uh, maybe it's a us getting older thing but find yourself in like not uh difficult physical activities and getting out of breath and wondering if you have covid now or if you're just getting old oh yeah dude are you kidding me i'm what i'm what i'm starting softball back up again hell yeah and like when i like walk up my stairs i'm like a little <laughs> quickly i'm like a little winded and i'm like oh god i'm gonna have to like run like i remember like if uh, this is a rare occurrence, but if I ever had to like, like go totally around the bases, normally if I was on first base and someone hit a bomb or something in softball, like when I got to the dugout, I was like, am I going to pass out? Like it was like that bad. Dude, I did a run. <laughs> uh, I, it was like an overthrow at the catchers and I'd like run from first to third and there was an overthrow at home. And so I like was in between third and first and we're like or third at home and sprinted and like ran into the fence afterwards. And I was like, I feel like a nine year old and I cannot breathe. <laughs> It's just like, I think I have going. Also, I was going down the, this is why I brought it up. I was going down or up the subway steps last night. Um, and I just felt, I was like, I shouldn't be out of breath for this. <laughs> it's, right up, like, it's like a half a set of stairs. Why am I huffing and puffing over here? Ugh. Yeah. So, you know what? Throw a Jorge Alfaro bone. All right. <laughs> Jesus. And Christ. I'm not even in Colorado. The man's in the outfield now. He's Come on. Leave him alone. Did you see that relay, though, from uh, from left field to third base, third base to home? That was and, and then he's like, I can't believe I did that. He passed out. <laughs> yeah. He's <was> just. <gasps> Brandon, um, dig into the Braves a little bit, though. I feel like Braves fans are probably going to be upset. Uh, do we have any Braves fans? <laughs> That's hard to tell. Yeah, we have Braves fans. Um, we have a Braves fan. We have a single Braves fan. <laughs> Hold on. I got to let a cat um, out. Just talk Braves for a second while I do this. <laughs> yeah, the Braves. Uh, I mean, what's forgotten sort of is like since the Phillies had such a tear over the last eight games, the Braves also have played really nicely since yeah. uh, since the trading deadline. They went six and three since the deadline. They have leapfrogged the Mets by a half a game. They're in second place right now. Uh, first time they've been ahead of the Mets since April 28th. Um, yeah, I mean, they and their acquisitions have started to pay off, too. I mean. They got Adam Duvall from your fish. Thank um, you. And Jorge Soler, which was sort of like, uh, basically, they, they got a totally new outfield. <laughs> it's <laughs> for weird, the most part. Dude. It's weird. We talked and about- people were kind of making fun of them. Like, why did they get Rosario and, and Jock Peterson and Soler and, and Duvall? But it's like, at least Soler and Duvall and Jock Peterson, too. Like, Soler and Duvall have hit five total home runs since being acquired by the Braves. Which is like- great. That's so fun to see. I mean, like, as I can kind of just, like, neutrally watch the division now, I feel like, unless we're playing a team uh, in the division. Um but it's kind of like Adam Duvall hitting homers now. I'm I'm all in on it. He did it for the Marlins for like five months, and now he's already back to being a Brave. But it's just fun watching him. He just smashes him. You never know when it's going to well, happen because he's so hot and cold. Like it's it's just the it's the strangest thing in the world. What's crazy is like the Bra- the Braves are in independent race right now, and if if Adam Duvall goes on like a crazy tear, it's like oh he could like carry the Braves for like two weeks. Dude, he did that for the Marlins before. Like him, he did, yeah, yeah. Him and uh, him and Aguilar will just like carry the Marlins for a while. It's pretty, it's pretty insane. Like when you have somebody that can do that and you don't know when it's gonna come, it's it's kind of a lot of fun. Also the the way he hits homers at Truist Park as as opposed to uh, anywhere else in the world is so strange. Like even in Miami, he wasn't crushing homers, and then every time we played the Braves, it felt like he was going yard left and right. Yeah, he's very comfortable in that ballpark for whatever reason, I guess, because when he played there prior. But uh, but yeah, also like Jorge Soler, like they were uh, people were making fun of him because I th- wasn't he like the worst qualified batter, right? Yes. Yeah, he was. He was um, when they traded for him. I know it was very strange. Also, uh, this was something that I had, had like in the back of my brain. And I'm glad you wrote it down in the rundown because I would have forgot to bring it up is Max Fried is kind of like raking. <laughs> 
He's raking, dude. He's like smacking the <laughs> yeah. hell out of the ball and with consistency. It's not like it was like, oh, like seven plate appearances. He went like three for seven. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, it's look at that batting average. It's like, oh, he's been up to plate 40 times. He hit a he hit a walk off pinch hit single. Do you remember that against the Marlins I remember this that, season? Yeah. Like he's the yep. he's the real deal. The man can hit. Yeah, I mean, so he's the he's the first Braves pitcher to hit 300 since Warren Spawn hit <laughs> hit 333 in 1964. That's so funny. We gotta we gotta. I, I know we talked about this on the podcast, but when we do old World Series and old like relevant games mm-hmm. from our, I can't wait to watch Warren Spawn. Was there a dude? You, my my dad has a signed Warren Spawn baseball. No way. I guess I have it technically. It's in my collection in uh, uh in Tennessee. Brandon, you want to know what I got this week in the mail? What I got a Jake Eater. Signed Bowman first baseball card and a. I'm talking Warren Spawn. You're talking Jake Eater. You sick bastard. What's wrong with Double A pitching, Brandon? He's got the lowest ERA in the Double A. Um, and also your dad. Uh, shouts out to Mud. If he hears this, he's gonna be like, "Those are on the same level." Yeah, he's gonna be like, "Eater, Eater could be Spawn. Eater could be Spawn. You never know." Um, but yeah, I'm gonna get you a shirt that says "Eater could be Spawn." Eater could be Spawn. I guess this is a, an insane batting average, and I wonder if there's like a minimum plate appearances that are required for like best batting average for a pitter, a pitcher in the modern era. But like, I remember as a kid being worried every time um, Greg Maddox came up to bat too. And I don't know if it was just a reputation oh, that yeah. he heard, but I was always like, Greg Maddox can like can like smash the ball yeah. a little bit. I wonder what his yeah, like highest he, batting he could average rake was for sure. Well, you know, I think even. I was gonna say back in the day for Spawn, but I think even for Maddox, like he probably had way more at bats than Max Fried just because pitchers were going longer into games. That right? makes sense. So I'd, I'd imagine they're probably if Fried's at thirty-seven at bats in early August. What's he gonna end up with? Probably like fifty, fifty-five. That's right? a good Does question. That sound right? Hold on, I'm looking at his batting stats right now. Okay, what do you think his highest batting average was? And this is okay. Though I'm gonna take away the one that was thirteen plate appearances. What do you think his highest batting average was? Wait, Max Fried? No, 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 no. Sorry, I should have said uh, Greg Maddox. Oh, because um, it's kind of legit. I, it's like for a probably, pitcher, he probably hit like two eighty nine. Okay, so he hit uh, three thirty three, but that was oh, wow. that was okay. with thirteen plate appearances. Then he had eighty five plate appearances in nineteen ninety eight and hit two forty, um, and it was getting walked. I guess a little bit. I don't. <laughs> he's got a two seventy eight on base percentage. He's either getting plunked or he was walking, but. That's interesting, man. And then, yeah, so like the, the two All-Star seasons, he was hitting, I guess, 220. That's not great. But um, he also won a Cy Young that year and an MVP, so or came fifth in MVP voting. He was so. focused on other things. He was doing other things, okay? Yeah. Uh, also a gold glove. Shout out to the gold glove pitchers. Like, that's always a fun uh, a fun little award to get. Yeah, shout out to them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Max Freed, <laughs> shout out to them. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, um, I mean, you and I are both a little low energy today. I feel like we're just kind of like, yeah, we'll give we'll give. Yeah, gold. shout out to anybody. Shout out to Who? anybody. Who wants a shout, shout out? out to anyone um but yeah the braves beat up the nats man and again i think that's going to be the uh i think that's going to be the story of the division for the rest of the year and honestly i should also throw the marlins in there whoever's going to beat up the marlins and take advantage of our youthful yep. pitching i'm imagining we're going to see some edward cabrera late at this month or maybe early next month and i don't know man i just i'm a little nervous i i, I i'm starting to we'll get into it the marlins lost or beat the mets this week and then lost got swept by the rockies and i almost i should have tweeted this brandon but i was like Look out for those Rockies at home. I know they're abysmal on the road, but at home they're like they have a pretty good record. They're like thirty three yeah. and like eighteen or something. Um, they still have some bats that can swing, you know. Yeah, I I know bats that can swing. They shouldn't be there. <laughs> bats that can swing shouldn't be there. They should have been traded at the deadline, but yeah, they're there. Be there. Um, um, before we jump into Marlins, yeah, please. Do you, uh, gun to head right now. Um, who do you like? I'm 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 removing the Mets from this conversation. Who would you? Who would you who do you like more down the stretch, Phillies or Braves? Phillies, Phillies are healthier, man. Yeah, the Phillies are healthier, and they and they're like 
potential MVP outfielder is, is still healthy. And I know that yeah. that's like a sore spot for the Braves, and it should be because Acuna is one of the most fun players to watch in the league. Uh, and yeah. that's a Marlins fan saying that. There's been some bad blood between Acuna and the Marlins over the last few years. Uh, but yeah, any any time that Acuna is out, it's it's a it's a detriment to the fans of baseball. So that being said, I just I think yeah, I think it's got to be the it's got to be the Phillies, dude. It's like I was texting you what earlier this week, being like betting odds. Look at those Phillies to win the division. It's plus 500. Yeah. And then like within like 36 hours, it went from like plus 500 to like plus 270, which those in the, yeah. in the gambling world know that that means a, a severe uh, change of heart happened for Vegas. Also, weren't you, you, I think you quoted this. There's like some fan graphs playoff percentages that plummeted. Oh yeah. Well, um, I don't know. I pulled that for the Mets one earlier, but the Mets had a 75% <laughs> um, uh, chance of playoffs. I think prior to the Phillies series yeah and then that dropped to 20.6 fan graphs playoff odds Dude, what the heck so the mets are like right next to like the nationals braves are like a little bit higher and the and the phillies are at like 50 something yeah 57.3 percent the braves are at 25.9 yeah. and the mets are at 20.4 and listen the marlins are batting a solid zero percent chance to make the playoffs so. <laughs> i mean yeah they even have the phillies as a 3.4 percent chance to win the world series which is i mean very high and they're well here's the thing so uh not to circle back on phillies land all i'm gonna say is the top so in the playoffs a lot of times you just need like three starting pitchers. Yes. Philly's got three pretty good starting pitchers. Yeah. Gibson and They F1 do. I mean, so that so that's uh that's where they they might if they can get there, they might do okay. You know, I might want to take the the Brewers core pitchers over them cuz assuming that's how it would line up right now where they would play the Brewers, I believe. Yes. Um I might you know, I still think the West teams are far superior to any th- any other division i think <laughs> hot it's like take brandon hot leagues. take but all right if you're gonna yeah. say it <laughs> um but i mean yeah i mean uh wheeler nola and gibson that's a pretty solid three i'll take that three in the playoffs i would i wanted to sing the names but i, I stopped myself brandon i'm not gonna sing the names today also uh this is so derailing the conversation but we didn't mention this on our twitter we should have tweeted this and it's not too late obviously but we got a shout out from our british friends the uk mets online yeah, UK Mets Online. They actually um, check them out, by the way, um, along with uh, Birds with Balls, which is another uh, Brit podcast. Um, but yeah, the UK Mets Online, they <laughs> they know that we say Tomas Nita, <laughs> Tomas Nita in a British accent. So they just uh, they do a great job over there. Check them out if you like to hear Brits say things like Tomas Nita. Tomas Nita. Also, but they said it's too posh. Brandon, so. I got some. Yes, I know. We got to work on that. I, I was uh, I got a good email before the podcast started, and we are now the twenty second all time baseball podcast in the UK. Twenty two. Twenty two. Dude, we're 41. I know. We're shooting up the rankings of all-time baseball podcasts in the UK. That is so fun. That's with like five British listeners. (laughs) So what's that mean? Like, (laughs) like not that hard to penetrate the UK baseball podcast market, it turns out. Tomas Nato. Tomas Nato. Do you think... Tomas Nato. Do you, like an do you think that like the number one one is hosted by like Ricky Gervais or someone you'd oh be surprised God. by? He's like, God's not real in baseball rules. Yeah. God, I made him. I really, Hello, good chap. Hello, good <laughs> chap. A- yeah, we. This is. It's astonishing to me that they like us because I feel this is absolutely not our intention, obviously, but it sounds like it's mockery. It's oh, it's not. It's not Colin mockery at all. <laughs> <laughs> nice whose line reference dude the two guys yeah, that were yeah, in a college a improv team together need to be making whose line references deep on their cut. baseball podcast 
Uh, no, it's not. It's not mockery at all. It's uh, flattery. No, it's and it's also just jealousy because I've never sounded that smart in my entire life, and definitely don't sound that smart on this podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> I haven't said a damn thing that sounds smart at all. Um, oh yeah, so I see what you have here. Marlon swept by Rockies, outscored thirty-four to fourteen. Um, Lazardo got smashed. I saw. I forget who tweeted it, but it was like, "Don't put Lazard. Don't put a guy, a kid with low confidence, into the course field." Uh, that's a that's a recipe for disaster, and it turns out it was. Man, is that a thing with Lazardo? I always want to call him Lizardo. Lizardo. Like Lazardo. Lazardo. I know it's Lazardo. I know, but I picture. I wish he was like a. I wish he like if he became a star on the Marlins, he had some sort of like lizard thing. Well, they should do a Photoshop. They should. I don't know who I'm talking about. Should do a Photoshop they... of uh of like you ever you remember like the '90s Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah, they had the Doctor Lizard. I forget what the the villain's name was. Oh yeah, the yeah yeah the lizard. They should get the lizard man and then guy. Photoshop him into like a Marlins jersey. <laughs> Dude, that's almost exactly what I'm thinking of, and I think now that that's in the uh, the zeitgeist, we're putting it out there. You got to do it now. <laughs> we're putting it out. there. Marlins social team's really um, good too. A better than the actual team itself. It seems like so. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, Sandy uh, Sandy got absolutely shelled and and like mattingly has really right had now. a couple like he's overall he's pitched very well but i he's had about two starts i think one the other one was actually against the dodgers the right Phillies? the dodgers, dodgers. oh dodgers that's clobbered right. against the dodgers and then clobbered against yeah the, so. that's interesting i wonder i wonder what that is i wonder is it tipping pitches like i wonder what because it's rare that someone of his caliber and someone that's pitched so well season would yeah. have a blow up like that and is normally like consistent also they kept him out there too long what are you doing come on if you're giving up 10 runs before the bot before four full innings like Get the man out of there. Um, and then Lazardo gave up seven or seven runs over four and two thirds. Um, and it's interesting because you say he's had one good start and one bad start here in the in the rundown. And I think that I am not going to judge a single thing he does until he has an entire offseason with our with our pitching development team. I just like mm-hmm. whatever. Let him get starts. Uh, don't deteriorate his confidence, like build him up a little bit. But like, I just want to see what he can do. And if he can control his stuff, because it's like I know we talked about this on last, last week's pod, but his stuff is just nasty. Like he really is just a, a, a dazzling pitcher to watch. If he could get any semblance of control with his pitches, it would be a whole different story. Um, and he's a South Florida kid like the story's there. You know what I mean? The story's there um, and we're rooting for him to do well. Uh, but yeah, he just got got clobbered and the Marlins just weren't able to keep it up. And and even though. And we'll get to this later. They're the the guys who stepped up against the Mets, some of them continued to step up against the Rockies, but it just wasn't enough. And our run differential that was remember how the Marlins had the best run differential in the division for like the first four months of, of the of the season. Mm-hmm. That is just there's no way they were the only positive one in the NL East for a little bit. Yeah, there's no way that's true anymore. If you have oh, a twenty yeah, negative twenty run differential against the Rockies mm-hmm. in one series. Um but yeah, man. Wait, what is this? The Marlins Nation tweeting? What is? Yeah, so I keep seeing I keep seeing Marlins Nation tweet like mock lineups. Oh for, yeah, for the future for next season, and they have players like Brian Reynolds in there, Wilson Contreras. So is that from what you gathered? I know you read a lot. You're a reader. I'm a reader. You're, sm- <laughs> yeah, you're, you're you're a brain guy. You're a smart. Dude, brain wait, guy. hold on. I'm, I'm gonna derail this. Uh, keep this thought. But I had like a, a um, and this is gonna sound like I'm tooting my own horn. But I'm already regretting fucking talking about this. But um, the there was this really mean woman at softball. I'm sure her intentions are well, but she was like, <laughs> she on your team, on my team, and we like we went out to drinks afterwards with like the coworkers, did like a happy hour post softball, um, and we were hanging out talking. And there's like this French guy there, um, and he's like not on not affiliated with the company at all because this, this league is like dependent or independent of uh, of our company the company that shall not be named um and it was like a bunch of the the lawyers and social workers uh and then this french guy whose uh girlfriend is a rock cat and one of our one of our uh 
uh, player. Yeah, the captain of our team's girlfriend is also a rock cat. So they met at like a rock cat after party or something. <laughs> Sounds like I'm lying already. But she just goes, she sits down or we sit down. We, we came in late um, and she's like just dead, dead straight, straight deadpan to him. Like, you know, I kind of fucking hate French people. <laughs> and I was like. What are you doing? What? what are you doing? Don't <laughs> do it immediately. What? Just come does in right she have a, the, You don't have to tell me what her job is, but does she have a higher powered job? She in? is, I think, just a couple years older than I am and is a social worker. Yeah. So, uh, which is genuinely thought of as like a very what <laughs> thoughtful. Yeah. And then she goes to me and she goes, don't take this the wrong way. And I was like, oh, God, what is he going to say about me? She's like, don't take this the wrong way. But I thought you were just some hipster that read books before you started playing and it turns out that you're not bad at softball but man i thought you were going to be unathletic when i first met you and i was like this is the this is the fucking is roast so... of sam clark what's going on here what i know she's dude. like yeah i went to one jeffrey ross roast and i was like i couldn't get enough of it so i started taking it out on people in day-to-day life i uh i was like yeah i've been trying to read moneyball for six months i'm not the kind of person that uh looks like they read. i don't understand the book connection i don't either and i was like <laughs> like what like you read the how to play softball Ball? I guess I really have no idea. Or is she just saying, oh, I just thought you were a loser that reads. Yeah, I think it was, was more. Th- I think it was more that energy. Yeah, that she was just like, who's this nerd that's reading? Um, yeah, it was just a. Wa- Can you imagine what she does like in her day to day job? Well, they, she made like a she help? made a, a comment afterwards that was like, um, was like, oh, uh, social workers become social workers to balance out their behavior in everyday life. Like implying that they do like the best like oh so she's justifying her awful behavior. yes that they do like great moral and ethical work and then uh, <laughs> contrasted by being an asshole I guess I wonder if she's ever if she's ever extremely mean mean to like a uh, a customer service worker and she's like I'm a social worker <laughs> I'm allowed to yell at you okay I'm very good at my job and I do it for forty hours and then the rest of the time I'm very mean to everybody I'm around that is insane behavior yeah, she, she was like, like people who don't have a filter is just like it's insane i really can't I, you gotta learn when everyone looks and goes okay also just don't bye. it's so easy to just not say mean things to people like and there's a lot of like not to rip the politics into this but there's like a lot of aspects when people are like are questioning my political beliefs or i'm like having some sort of debate where i'm like i don't know i just think i, I want to be on the nicer side whoever's being nicest and whoever's like being the most accepted like that just seems like very easily the side that i'm always going to go on and just to to wake up and choose <laughs> That level of social violence is just an insane thing to do. <laughs> she chose violence. She yeah. chose social violence. But yeah, I'm um, sorry I interrupted you for that story, but I thought it was worth telling. Uh, I don't know what we're I was talking about. Talking Lizardo, about. and then you said books, and then I was like, speaking <laughs> of books. <laughs> oh, I was just I was just freestyling. Oh, oh, Lizardo. Books. We were talking about um, we we're talking about the Marlins uh, Twitter trying to come up with different lineups or like projecting future. Lineups. Oh yeah. I just keep seeing, cause like I said, I'm, I'm ingratiated yes. in Marlins Twitter now because, because of you and because of the podcast, I've seen a lot of, of your fellow fans tweet and mock lineups. I have players like Wilson Contreras, Brian Reynolds. Is that the ex- expectation in Marlins line that, that you're going to go out and sign or go out and make a trade for a player like Brian Reynolds? Is that what everyone's thinking and expecting? Um, expecting, I, I don't know if I would go that far, but there was a lot of quotes from Jeter and Ang and the, after the deadline that was like, we saw enough attention. We saw enough things that made us believe that we have the pieces to, to expand uh, our lineup in places of need, which are center field and catcher the most obviously um, in the off season. And so Brian Reynolds was floated around. And I think that they, Craig Mish confirmed that there were trade talks with them, but it was just like, they couldn't get anything done and there were, nobody was on the same page for it. And I, and I would also get if like the, the pirates don't want to trade 
Brian Reynolds. Like, there's I have no idea why they wanted to do yeah, that. Yeah, like he's a switch hitting center fielder that's been like offensively consistent with the exception of the COVID season. And like, um, I mean, I guess he's only had three full years to really judge, and the COVID season was a bad one. But I mean, he's turned it around. Um, and yeah, so I think that. I think that they do want to uh, address those in the offseason. And then Contreras is always a name that's thrown around because the Cubs were sellers and the Cubs are continuing to be sellers. And I mean, Mish has reported that the Marlins have explicitly said that Alfaro is not the solution at catcher. And I think we see it a little bit right now with how much Alex Jackson is playing catcher and how Alfaro is literally playing left field, um, which is so funny. He's also hasn't looked that bad out there. There's never been a moment where I'm like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing out in left field. Why the hell is he playing out there? Um but yeah, man, it's uh, it's interesting. And Alex Jackson is hitting like 176, I think, which obviously isn't great. But his batting average was like 48 when he showed up to the Marlins. So there's only room to, for improvement. He hit like a three run homer against the Rockies this, this series. So um, I'm excited to see him continue to get the opportunity that I think he needs to, to keep developing. So, yeah, I think ideal world, the Marlins, uh, the NLDH is implemented. Aguilar becomes DH. Lee Diaz gets called up. We get a center fielder. We get a catcher, and then I don't think Blade is moving. I think Blade is Blade had a really great July, and then the last like nine days has been over. It seems like, um, but some maybe Peyton Burdick or Griffin Conine get the call up for one of the corner outfielders positions. We have Brian De La Cruz as a fourth or fifth outfielder, and then we have Jesus Sanchez who should be back any day now. Um, and I think that's the lineup that Marlins fans hope. As a as a Marlins fan myself, my biggest thing is I want to see Jesus Sanchez up. I want to see Lewin Diaz up. I want to see Jazz getting regular time, and I want to start seeing the outfielder prospects. I want to start seeing the Cameron Meisners, the Peyton Burdicks, the Griffin Conines, the JJ Bladays, um, and Edward Cabrera. And I want to see Sixto next year, and maybe Max Meyer. And like I want to see what we got. Um, but there was a, a lot of conversation about this this last week that was like, hey, if you think a team this bad is going to make the playoffs next season, uh, your head's in the clouds. Like, nobody makes this drastic of a turn. Like, we, we have to accept now that based on the on-field performances that we've seen so far this year, that it, we would be, it would be an astonishingly unexpected turnaround if we were to make the playoffs. So um, I think that's kind of where, I know you asked just like a straightforward question. I kind of went on a little bit of a rant, but like that's kind of, I think, where Marlins fans' heads are at regarding those two positions specifically, and just the future of the team as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be an exciting time in the offseason for the Marlins. I know, obviously, there's two months left of the season, and you could see some of those pieces like Lazardo and De La Cruz that, um, you know, could maybe be future pieces um, on, for the team. But uh, I think it's going to be one of the more exciting off-seasons for, for Marlins land. Yeah, I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping, like, the... The winter meetings bring something, and I, 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 I really, I mean, we're gonna have to get rid of one of these pitchers. Um, I don't think we're gonna get rid of Lazardo because I think we took him because he's we had a high ceiling, low floor, and we mm-hmm. saw an opportunity to buy low and trust our pitching development to do it. I think we would see. I know that Brandon Marsh of the Angels and Max Meyer straight up was a trade that was talked about between the Angels and Marlins. Um, and I, I sound this like I'm citing sources. This is just public information that's been talked yeah. about on podcasts and Twitter. Um. Oh my God, Sam's breaking news. Breaking news. I got sources. <laughs> Time now, for baby. Sam's breaking news. <laughs> um, but I think that, uh, yeah, I think we're going to see one of Meyer, Eater. I don't think they'll trade Cabrera. Um, trade it. I wouldn't be surprised if Max Meyer gets traded. And it sucks because he seems like he's going to be great. He's been consistent and performing very well. And, um, we just have too many fucking pitching prospects, dude. You got to get from the surplus. We have so much. Like, I mean, even like a Cody Poteet, Zach, I mean, Zach Thompson's gotten shelled a little bit and he's been a, a little more inconsistent, but like we just have had dudes show up and fill in roles and we have Eliezer Hernandez, who's not even back yet and should be back sometime in the next couple of weeks. And yeah, man, I, uh, I think that it's a lot of, there will be a lot of moves made. I know we were worried about content for the podcast in the off season, but I think we'll have a couple episodes that we can talk Marlon shop in. Oh yeah, definitely. So, 
All right. I think we exhausted all the baseball talk. Should we get to our regular segments, Brandon? Nonsense time. <laughs> I did interrupt the actual baseball talk with a what I thought was a funny little anecdote. Um, a great anecdote. But, uh, but yeah, I think that uh, I think the baseball talk's over. I think it's time that we move on. And Brandon, with that said, we're going to talk a little bit more baseball because we're getting into our favorite <laughs> like, What are you talking about? We have like three baseball segments. <laughs> uh, it's time for Degrama the Week. Uh, it's Zach Wheeler. Of course it's Zach Wheeler. Of course I mean, it's complete Zach Complete game Come shutout on. in this in this year. In this day what is it? Age. Was it Warren Spawn's 1966? <laughs> uh-uh. It's Zach Wheeler's 2021. Do you um, think he's the... Yeah. I, I think we kind of touched on this a little bit briefly, but do you, he's got to be the NL Cy Young favorite now. Like, what would DeGrom have to come back and do to take that award from him? Oh, I mean, I think if DeGrom came back September 1 and had... He would have to, I mean, he'd probably have to have like, but he, I mean, it's impossible. It's not going to happen because I, I think when he does come back, they're not going to let DeGrom pitch more than like 85 pitches. Yeah, he's going to go through like four first. and a half, five so, rings. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I mean, I think it's Zach's to lose, obviously. Uh, I mean, it seems like he, he's finally grown into the pitcher that, that the Mets and Giants, when they drafted him, like thought thought he was going to be. So good for Zach. And also, I, I mean, it hurts because I'm a Mets fan, but uh, it's good to see Zach, uh, you know, Shove it in the Mets face. Yeah, um, I know. Did you read that? That uh, I don't know if it was a tweet or if it was just a report that like Wheeler was talking about that the Mets publicly said they were going to try to resign him and he was waiting for them to call and he just never heard from them and he ended. Oh up yeah, because the, the Phillies gave him an offer. This is the old regime. This is when Brody Van Agent uh, was the Brody uh, Van the, Agent. <laughs> Brody Van Agent was the uh, was the GM, and uh, yeah. So apparently the, he got the offer from the Phillies. Was waiting for the Mets just to match it. And they never called. And then Brody Van Wagenen uh, talked shit about him uh, in spring training the following year, yeah. saying like, "Oh, like we uh, we let him corral one half of a good season into five years with the Phillies." Like, all right, dude. yeah. What do you talk? Come on. Also, that's like my so, least favorite part, and it happens uh, in every sport. Is that when if there's any sort of like player gets traded, player signs with another team, that the old team just like finds an excuse to talk shit about him. And I'm like, let's come on. This isn't the case, especially when. I mean, I'm trying to think of other examples, but like if uh, if somebody represented your team for a while and, and, and never did you any wrong and just like signed a contract because there was more money over yeah. there and that's just a business decision, like just leave them alone. Like let them do their thing. Like there's no need to like, like I almost said smother their name, smear their name. <laughs> um, smother no my name. Smother my name. Um, call me by your name sequel. Call, ooh, okay. All right. You know, listen. I got- this is a marketing podcast. Guitars and marketing. <laughs> that's what we do here. But yeah, that's our very clear uh, DeGrom of the Week. Brandon. Now up in the podcast uh, queue, what am I trying to say here? Now coming up on the podcast is 60 Second Stories. If you've never listened to the podcast and you're a big dumb idiot, that means that we are going to each tell one story that is 60 seconds. And after those 60 seconds, they will be cut off and then probably allowed to finish their story. Brandon, do you have a 60 second story for the, for the oh, audience yeah. this week? Oh, yeah. <laughs> up to that. Oh, yeah. All right, hold on. Let me get my little timer going up. We'll get everything rolling. Are you ready? Ready. And away we we go go uh so i was thinking recently about when i went to israel to do the classic birthright trip Mm -hmm. um when i went to israel they do something where you stay in a bedouin tent and those are basically for for lack of uh, of a of a better term like desert jews you know and you stay in like a (laughs) you stay in like a big tent with a bunch of the kids and it's and there's you know it's hot or cold depending on when you go during the year anyway this guy in like these white robes who's one of these desert jews um he uh 
he uh, presented, he passed around this rock. And he's like, oh, he's like, oh, this rock, it is uh, very important to us. It is cheese. Apparently, it's like a hard rock, but it was cheese. I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. Um, anyway, so he's passing it around. Eventually, these kids from Philly that are on my trip get it. One of the guys being this guy named Jake. Okay. And apparently, he breaks the cheese. And when it gets back to uh, the guy in the robes, he goes, who broke the cheese? <laughs> I've had eight I've had eight groups in here, and, and not one of them has broken the cheese. He's like, you got to go outside and look for the cheese. And the cheese looks like a rock, so we're all outside looking for a cheese-based rock. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> in that's the hysterical. deserts uh, what kind of, of Israel. What, what, what kind of cheese was it? Was it like a Parmesan? Like I don't a know, cheese? dude. Like, I, that's the one thing. It's like it was a hard, like a rock. That's why. And the kid was like, oh, I threw it outside. <laughs> and he's... Like the kid broke it, and then he thought it was just like a rock because he wasn't paying attention. Yeah, and just tossed and it he out, just threw it outside, and we're just like outside looking for this rock. I feel cheese, like we can mine so. this. I feel like we can mine this birthright trip for a lot of stories. It sounds like if there's rock cheese being floated around, like <laughs> I think there's a lot, a lot of things that we could take from it, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, rock cheese was was probably my favorite. What made story you think that of that this week? Were you just like racking your I brain? I was talking. So our our friend actually um, that I went with. Um, uh, Sophia, uh, we uh, wait. She went on the we birthright trip, trip with together. you. Oh yeah! How have I never heard of this? When did this happen? I don't know. This is right before we moved to LA. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. No, absolutely no clue. But okay, continue. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I was talking to her about something, and she brought it up, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> the rock cheese." <laughs> The Philly kid and the rock cheese. That's and also, so I thought it was thinking about Philly. Yeah, yes, yes, for the Philly podcast. That's so funny. So. Um, all right. I yeah. guess it's my turn for a 60-second story then, huh, Brandon? Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. And you know what you say. And oh, wait. 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 Go. Go. Okay. So I kind of teased this already on the podcast uh, earlier in this episode specifically, but Miranda and I went on a uh, a day day dates last last week we went on a day date thing where we went to the brooklyn museum went to that mexican restaurant so we were sitting at the mexican restaurant um and it was the mid-afternoon late afternoon we were hanging out eating some appetizers had some chips and guac had some uh i think i had what did i have i didn't have a quesadilla oh i had a torta um i had a torta miranda had a quesadilla hanging out um and a guy's walking by and he like it's an outside dining situation and he comes up and he's like hey can i uh can I have a dollar? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I got you. And he's like, actually, could you just buy me uh, some food? And I was like, yes, go talk to the talk to our waitress inside. Just tell her that uh, what that you want a taco. He's like, I just want one taco. It was like three fifty. It was not a big deal. Um, and he went in and she like looks outside and I wave and I get whatever. And so he's like, we talk for a second. We like exchange names and we catch up. Um, fast forward to like two hours. Catch up, you know? Uh, I no, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember his name right now. <laughs> um, but he was like, "Thanks, Sam," and then walked away. And uh, okay, man, this I just am so bad with times. Um, and so he uh, he walked away. Cut to like two and a half later, or hours later. Miranda and I are walking around. He's got a styrofoam box. A, like doesn't see me, doesn't recognize me, but we're walking in the same area. He's got a styrofoam box, eating food, and he just goes. We hear him yell at somebody that's about to get on the the subway platform. He goes, "I'm gonna beat your fucking ass." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> we buy food for <laughs> he's just like walking around with new food not the food that he got from us not your food that was food. not your food wasn't that long after like wasn't like a full meal's worth of time afterwards and he's just walking around and he's like gesturing at somebody who we can't see in the in the distance he's like i'm gonna beat your fucking ass and I'm <laughs> that we bought this food for but uh hey you gave him the energy to be able to do that's that, what miranda so said Miranda was like he you, we fed you. him so that he could get his aggression back so i could smack ass oh my Not god smack ass. no that he was smacking weird. ass no i don't know what he was doing but it was, it was really cracking me up that that really made me laugh that's very um, funny. and on the food note brandon going on to our next section we have feast or famine bop 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 and 
And Brandon, why don't you get us started um, with the Feast of the Week? Uh, the Feast of the Week is Jorge Soler and Duval, the Braves' acquis- acquis- acquisitions. Uh, five homers total since they were requ- requ- acqu- <laughs> acquired, not required, acquired. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, I think that the Braves' acquisitions, I think it fills a need for them, and they have a great infield. So, I mean, if the boys in the outfield, like Soler and Duval, can hit some bombs... Uh, more power to him. I think the Braves have a chance at this division um, because of acquisitions like that. I'm trying to think of a nickname we can come up with for Jorge Soler and Adam Duvall, like a combo name. You know what I'm saying? Oh, because um, solar Jorge. power is already for Jorge Soler. Like solar power yeah, is already yeah. a thing. I don't know what Adam Duvall's nickname is. Doesn't baseball reference like tell nicknames on their on your on yes, your page? They do. I wonder what it is. I like when there's a surprise one, like you'll look up a player yeah. and it'll be like little chugs. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> the centipede. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what did Dude, this- you know Andrew McCutcheon's name Centipede? <laughs> All right, hold on. I'm Adam. I'm on Adam Duvall's page. Does he have a nickname? Doovy. Okay, yeah. All right, that's okay. pretty basic. Little Chugs. Little Chugs. <laughs> How did you call that, Brandon? Um, all right, my feast of the week is going to be none other than Sweet Lou Lewis Brinson. I I think I've talked on this podcast before that I I really like Lewis Brinson. I know he's been a disappointment for Marlins fans as a baseball player, but as a person, he's always seemed great. Like seems like a positive guy that said all of the right mm-hmm. things uh, at exactly the right time, uh, <laughs> and uh, has had a hell of a month. Has had like his best month as a Marlin. It's not really close. The last week, he like this is oh from our boy Arm Layton, who is a guest of the pod and a, a good friend of the podcast. Of uh, also mm-hmm. just baseball hooked, uh, locked on Marlins host, locked on prospects host. But according to him, Lewis Brinson's last seven games, he's hitting 400, the slugging percentage of 680, five extra base hits and nine RBIs. And over the last 30 games, he's hitting 300 with a slugging of 554, 13 extra base hits, 16 RBIs and four homers. Um, yeah, I just love to see it. Lewis Brinson is a is a Marlin. There's always that great gif of him smoking the cigar at Wrigley Field after they beat the Cubs and just like. I like him, man. He, he's we obviously we'll get into a couple of the drama that happened with him uh, in, a, in a minute. But yeah, I'm just a big Lewis Brinson fan. I'm really glad to see him kind of uh, providing them. And also what a great time when we need a center fielder because we shipped off Starling Marte. Like this is a great time to get a lot of at bats and show the Marlins that maybe we don't need to be shopping for a center fielder after all. Who knows? I love it. Yeah, I love it. All right. Why don't you get to your famine, Brandon? And then I'll, uh, I'll circle back on that. Uh, so my famine is. Uh, I mean, a day after the Lewis Brinson incident, which you're going to touch on, um, there's rumors that the MLB's in talks with Barstool Sports to broadcast some games on their network. Yeah. Barstool, obviously, notoriously, infamously, has kind of a bad rap for some sexist and racist uh commentary and actions from from uh the people that created it el presidente and, um, dave portnoy el presidente himself yeah so i don't know i don't think it's the best look for baseball and obviously baseball never has uh their finger on the on the heartbeat of uh of the fans um and i think this proves it and i think that's a bad move it really is a bad move because you don't want to justify the trevor bauer isms yeah. of baseball great way you to put embrace that. You want you want to embrace the Fernando Tatisisms baseball, which are fun, lighthearted, um, but in no way sexist or racist, <laughs> so. or if anything, progressive and and looks to the future of baseball. So, I Rob Manfred, not a fan of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> We're not a fan of him either. Um, and I and I think this is one of many examples of of Manfred not having his finger on the pulse 
of Major League Baseball and its fans. Yeah, it's just a weird move. I mean, there's a lot of enter- sports entertainment companies, and obviously, um, Barstool is unfortunately not not that I'm a huge fan of them, but like they are just they dominate the like yeah, that demographic, like the younger demographic of sports fans, and I and I think that. I mean, I don't think Rob Manfred knows who Dave Portnoy is. I don't think he knows like his history of like calling women <laughs> like derogatory terms and like yeah, saying racist shit and like hiding behind like um, female employees to justify all of their misogynistic behavior. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know, man. I like I you see from baseball boomers eyes why they did this where they're like this is a look this is a company that the young kids like the that's the young up-and-coming sports company and didn't do any digging and didn't have enough people that are familiar enough with the brand to be like hey i don't know if this is a great look for us um and let's see what happens there i know we follow a a certain subsect of of baseball twitter so maybe we were in a little bit of an echo chamber but it seems like it was all around uh, a pretty hated on proposition pretty hated on idea yeah i think they'll find out real quickly that this is not a popular yeah uh, and i don't know if they'll reverse it i doubt they will honestly um yeah that's the thing right it seems like a lot of times you'll expect them to like see the backlash and like respond to it but baseball has proven over the last year plus it's like oh no they're just gonna march to the beat of their own drum yeah yeah um which gets to to my family of the week brandon i don't really know how to you and i are big goofballs and like talking about serious stuff is not something that we do very well but i think that it's still important for us to address this and uh and my family of the week is also lewis brinson related and uh anybody who's on baseball twitter saw this but over the weekend um lewis brinson was at bat and there appeared to be a uh or, or there seemed to be a racial slur hurled at lewis brinson two times while he was up at bat. Um, now, as of today, what is this? Monday, 10, 24 Eastern time. Um, the Rockies have put out a statement and uh, people seem to be backtracking this. And they had been apparently referring to the the Rockies mascot um, Dinger, D-I-N-G-E-R, Dinger, the Rockies mascot. And that they the fan was calling him closer uh, to try to get pictures with the family. Um as somebody who loves to give everybody the benefit of the doubt and assume the best in people, I really hope that's the case. It seems like it's an older gentleman that was out with his family um, and his granddaughter, I think, and was trying to get the mascot. And that's they haven't identified the man. He's not been doxxed. Nobody knows who this is. Um, but Lewis Brinson, I don't know if you saw these comments about an hour before we started recording, was obviously asked about it. Um, and one of the things that I really like about Lou is the way he speaks and how uh, candid he is and vulnerable um, and has been very upfront about his struggles in the past and very upfront about the pressure that he put on himself because coming over in the Christian Yelich trade and said that he watched the video 50 or 60 times and he can only hear the slur. Um, it's just a weird place that we're at right now. And I think I was texting you a little bit about this last night because I wish that we would be surprised by this behavior, but the reputation that baseball and baseball fans have as a whole leads you to believe that there is for sure somebody at every baseball game that if they felt safe enough would hurl racial slurs. Um, And it's, it's disappointing. It's upsetting. And I think it's kind of related to this like barstool baseball reputation. Like, we, we're there's a handful of people that are really trying to push the sport to a progressive uh, a progressive side of things and like show people that baseball is not this antiquated historical sport that is losing its hold on on the youth and using its hold on like the American market as a whole. Um, and then you can hear this. And even if he was talking about the mascot, very easily believe that there's a baseball fan in Colorado um, that would say uh, like just atrocious, awful fucking language and not like I think there's also part of me that wants to believe it's not true because nobody around them said anything. Um, but I also think that we know based on past behavior of white people that uh, they don't like speaking up around like the, the select few that are so like 
abysmally racist and awful and fucking just say those awful things. Like there's not a lot of people that are sticking up for him. And I, and I, and I just, yeah, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but it's just when, when Lewis himself is like, this is what I hear. I didn't hear it live. Obviously I only heard it on the broadcast, but like, that's just unacceptable shit. And it can't be happening in this sport. It can't be happening in any sport. And anybody that is like speaking like that deserves to not have the privilege to watch baseball in person anymore and deserves any punishment that baseball or the Rockies put their way. Um, seems like nothing will be done. Seems like he'll be, um, that according to their independent investigation or whatever investigation the Rockies did that they don't think that he said the racial slur. Um, and that's that. So yeah, it just seems like something that because it happened, uh, so recently it happened in our, in our sphere, Marlon specifically that we needed to talk about. Um, and I don't, anybody who's listening to this podcast knows where we land politically. I think it's very clear what side of the issues we're on. We're not the, the what abouts or the, but it's like, Hey, that's just unacceptable acceptable and it should not be anywhere near this game. Um, yeah, so it sounds like yeah. it's, there's not a lot. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to bring no, the I mood mean, down, but like... Well said. Um, yeah, well said. I mean, it, you make the point exactly. It's like, we shouldn't expect and not... We shouldn't be surprised. Or we shouldn't not be surprised by this yeah, behavior. Yeah, I know. So, and and after this came out, though, and, and there's proof of this. I mean, obviously, this incident, thankfully, was not... doesn't seem like it was what we all uh, thought it was. Um, but Marcus Stroman, Adam Jones... Um, you know, black ball players came out and they said, Hey, I get stuff like this all the time. This happens. Screenshots that they post. Yeah. Brinson said today that he gets called the N word on Instagram one or two times yeah. every single month. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Marcus Stroman always retweets that and he blocks people. So it's like terrible that this is what this exists and, and the, and the ball players have to deal with this because they're here for our entertainment. And yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, games innings don't go, your team or the player's way. It's like, but that is no excuse whatsoever to act like that and message them on their personal social media Do or anything. yell at them at a ball game or throw a baseball at them. Like Alex Verdugo's yeah. instance yeah, as well. I know. So, um, you know, people need a, I, I think, I think recently, I think people have just, there's such a, there's a, a closer connection to these players that we never had before yeah. with social media. And for some reason, people think that excuses them to just like, and because there's a wall in between them still that excuses them to, act like total animals jackasses assholes animals so yeah uh if anything i hope that this this turns into something good and it's uh major league baseball and the fans acknowledging that the players are human and uh we need to treat them as such and uh the rules that apply when you're out at out and about in day-to-day life and interact with people also apply when you're at a baseball game or when you're on social media yes also there's there's two more points that i wanted to bring up real fast and, and i was just reviewing Because it was one of those things where I was like, I don't want to talk about this unless I know what I want to say about it. Um, And there's been instances of things where we've just like either not brought it up on the podcast because I didn't think that you and I are (laughs) it fits the tone. But like this was so close to home. It's so frustrating that Lewis Brinson is playing his best baseball of his career. And now this is the story that people are talking about. It's so upsetting that he's we read the stats. He's hitting 400 in the last week. He's hitting 300 in the last 30 games. Like he's playing really, really good baseball since he's been called back up. And now and people probably didn't even know who Lewis Brinson was before. Yeah. Like a casual baseball fan do. definitely doesn't know who Lewis Brinson is. Or like, yeah. obviously people who listen to this podcast are division specific. So they probably know who Lewis Brinson is, but like, it just sucks, man. It sucks like that. And it's also just reminds me of this point where it's like, it feels like a lot of the argument from a certain political side when it comes to these race issues is that this is over, that that the segregation and slavery is is decades and centuries in our past. And then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, guess what? When we all can, even if he didn't say this, even if that's not a word that we can all believe that that's what they said. Guess what? Like, this is a country that was 
foundationally built on taking advantage of people of color and did it for centuries and continue to do it in different ways through yeah systemic oppression and systemic racism and like it we racism still exists in america every single day if we can hear if we can even mistakenly hear something like that i think that that just means that it's the behavior that we all subconsciously expect out of um out of a certain kind of person in this country it's just like yeah man like this is real shit and there was also like the the backlash on twitter i know our good friend Peter of UK Marlins was getting in a lot of trouble for just like posting the clip and being like, this is reprehensible. And it's like, yeah, that's the right reaction. Get, get all, all of these people that are like, put your pitchforks away until you know what's going like innocent until proven guilty. It's like, no, I think we need to, to make an example that even if you like, yeah, even if you get close to speaking in that kind of language, that it's unacceptable and that there'll be no excuse for that behavior and there'll be no place for it in baseball. So um, I don't know how we're going to turn this around <laughs> to our, our, our goofy show after this. No, but. I well said. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, I hope it turns into something good and people start acknowledging it. And um, also pay attention to Lewis Brinson. I don't know what's going on right now in this Marlins game. Been going over 20, 20 minutes, but like, yeah, he's a really great baseball player and a really good guy. And, and not, nobody deserves this, especially not Lewis Brinson. So of course not. All right, Brandon, um, moving on to our next segment. What we like to do here a little bit is go up on the upcoming series in the division, kind of see what's going on um, in this upcoming week. And Brandon, as you always do, you do a wonderful job with this. I need you to take it away and tell us what series we can expect in the next week. So the Phillies have a big test. The hot Phillies are playing the Dodgers at home and then the Reds at home. So it's a tough week for them. You know, we'll see how they are after the end of this week. Uh, Braves are also playing the Reds, and then they'll be uh, at Nationals Ballpark playing the Reeling Nats. Mets will also be playing the Nationals, trying to get back back off uh, off the losing end of things <laughs> yeah. uh, at City Field. And then they're playing the Dodgers at City Field as well. Uh, and then the Marlins will be in San Diego playing the Pods, and then uh, they'll they'll be playing the Cubs in uh, at Marlins uh, Lone Depot Park. Yeah, so. there it is, Brandon. What's your uh, what's your favorite series out of all of those that's have kind of? Oh, definitely Phillies Dodgers, right? Yeah, Got it. and Reds. Honestly, both the I just want to see what are the Phillies going to do. You know, after playing a struggling Mets team and a struggling Nationals team, how are they going to face? You know some opponents that are that are yeah that are know, a little more talented. exactly like let's see how hot these phillies are let's see what the phillies can do against the yeah. the juggernaut of baseball and then this reds team yep. that's been feisty all season and been fun mm-hmm. all season and has like a a, a defined attitude and a defined uh like a personality to the team like let's just see what's going on here luis castillo's pitching good again like they've turned it around a little bit on their starting pitching side and have always been really good offensively um so that's mm-hmm. a bunch of fun series also i am curious to see what the mets do honestly i know like you're probably afraid you're gonna be watching through your hands the entire time but Mets nationals like if the Mets sweep the nationals then it's a whole different story then it's like yeah we talked about which teams are going to beat up on the bad teams in the division the nationals and the yeah. Marlins and it's like this is a great opportunity for the Mets to turn this around um and take yep. a series from the nationals and then maybe going hot against the Dodgers who knows I also uh for, as a Marlins fan as a biased Marlins fan obviously I would love to see the Marlins Cubs rematch from the 2020 playoff series um I know that this is a decimated Cubs team and that there's not not really like any of the players that kind of killed us last season or, or didn't kill us I guess is probably the right way to put it um because i don't know if you know this brandon but the marlins won a playoff series last year um but i'm interested to see that too so i think that's a that's uh, some good things to watch in the division this upcoming week i second that <laughs> I know, i'm trying to shake off the i try to shake off the seriousness like i really wanted to address it and I, whenever <laughs> i talk about this shit i'm like scared i'm gonna sound then you gotta like go way and blam hey I, know, zing, zing, I, zing. I gotta get back to a little bit of what we normally do but i just yeah i it's it's important for us to talk about this shit but it's also uh, the, our podcast personality is very uh not serious or doesn't take itself seriously so when we're earnest Mm -hmm. for a moment um especially about something so serious it feels weird so we kind of got to shake it off a little bit brandon like we yeah i don't know how you're feeling about it 
Well, let's hope we didn't lose some fans because we have our feature future <laughs> fans. Um, Mets Met- Metrics is the oh, Mets Metrics. That's a mouthful. That's a mouthful. The one that provided. <laughs> it's a mouthful that provides the uh, that ISO stat that we were talking about earlier at Mets Metrics. Um, also, a good one um, from the Phillies that that balls out of here blog. <laughs> um, follow at fs underscore tboh that's a phenomenal FS blog name T-B-O-H. that ball out of here like great blog like name. a lot of baseball podcasts and blogs come up with big puns or just like uh mm-hmm. rip off just common phrases but that's a mm-hmm. great one listen that's i'm i'm 100 I'm behind that one great i love it and then uh andy harris uh from the braves uh he does he's a contributor for the outfield fly rule uh braves blog uh, they do a lot of uh the braves farm you can follow him at k26 dp that's k26 dp <laughs> Shout out to them, feature future fans. Uh, let's let's start an internet relationship. Let's see what we can do. Come on, listen. Tweet <laughs> at us. We're we're both very active on Twitter. Our our uh, our Twitter account for the podcast is very active on Twitter. And Brandon, there's rumors that we might be on TikTok soon. There's rumors. Ooh. I've heard that. After RM was whispering in our ear, being like, "This is a great way to promote your content," I was just like, "God, I guess we have to do it." And I'm like, "What's TikTok?" <laughs> yeah, I actually found uh, a great band that I sent to our friend Spazzy, a listener of the podcast, um, just from TikTok. And I was like, "Listen, I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm embarrassed, but there's this band I just heard of from TikTok called Home Is Where. And I think you're going to really enjoy it." And sure enough, listen, he had some he had some uh, some positive reviews for the music. TikToks for everyone. TikToks for everyone. The boomers, the zoomers, and the millennials. Brandon, TikToks for everyone. <laughs> That's kind of a good slogan. Maybe I should get back into marketing. Dude, we got to get back in the marketing. I'm telling you, we got to do the 30 team food. Puns. That's true. That would be a good off season thing. Maybe like uh, uh, do an episode where we try to come up with a pun for every team in the MLB. Let's. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I'm going to forget this in 25 minutes. So yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. 25. That's a while that's for you. That's uh, <laughs> the old brain ain't like it used to be, Brandon. All right, Brandon. We're wrapping up the show. We went a little long today, but who cares? We normally get to podcast reviews and emails here. But Brandon, I got some bad news. Even after directly calling out listeners to the show, they did not leave us reviews. So now I'm just going to ask nicely. Hey, please listen. If you if you leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the show. All of our friends and family have already. We've exhausted that. We've run out of reviews. We got 23 five star reviews, and mm-hmm. now we just need anybody who listens to the show that doesn't normally write mm-hmm. or uh, review her show, podcast leave us that or you can email us nlfeastpod at gmail.com ask us a question bring up a, a spark a conversation we'll talk about it on the show um please email us and read a review i don't know uh, i i at the, at the risk of sounding desperate that's kind of where i'm at right now brandon <laughs> sam get off your knees stop <laughs> he's begging he's begging please all right brandon before we get out of here let's do a little play why don't you tell the, the 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 listeners of the show this fine listeners of the fine show what your uh, twitter account is and where they can reach you hey follow me at brando grosso on twitter that's brando grosso and follow me at sam or no wait, <laughs> i changed it I, I keep forgetting at nl feast sam on twitter follow the podcast at nl feast um yeah anything else brandon before we get out of here bye 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 bye